0: Hi everybody, my name is Landon, and we are episode 112 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in the lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. Beef, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Alright, hey,
2: brother. brother. From across the airwaves.
0: What in the, what in the world are we doing, bro? Usually, well, we're face to face in front of each other, and uh, but we're trying this new thing.
2: <laughs> well, the virus that shall be the cause of the pandemic made a huge, huge mistake. It <laughs> decided to attack my body, Uh-oh. and now, to the dismay of the politicians that want to do shutdowns and stay at ho- home orders. The poor virus is now dying a very slow and painful death. They tried what? to stop the virus from attacking my body because they knew it would be the demise of this virus if it attacked me.
0: So, I you virus speak? Already attacked wait, wait, wait! The
2: virus is dying. Are
0: you speaking from beyond the grave? Wait,
2: no. The virus is no. about to be in the grave.
0: Oh <laughs> man! So, brother, handle- let me guess—you're not dead, right? And uh, your head. uh, your your covet uh, little uh, you know, fight there. Uh, what was it? Not beyond
2: what a flu is. <laughs> well, they had to quarantine me to protect the virus from me because they were concerned that I was going to just, just totally devastate and murder and kill the virus, but it was too late. The virus already attacked, the virus made the huge mistake. Of attacking my massive masculine physique and the virus is now dying a very slow and painful death to the demise and to the discern the 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 the, the politicians are just beside themselves because they know that their shutdown orders, their mask orders, and their state home orders are soon to be completely devastated because the virus attacked the wrong person. And that's oh, what's happening. Man. The poor poor virus. Me and Chuck Norris. I mean, it's two people (laughs) are in the pack, I tell (laughs) you.
0: Oh, man. Well, hey, brother. I'm glad that you're still alive. (laughs) God still still wants you around. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah.
2: So we are doing this remotely because I am um on stay-at-home order to protect the virus from from me but it's too late the virus is already dead yeah it, really? oh, it's dying it's dying a slow and painful death so oh, yes man poor virus i'm telling you <laughs> i don't think i
0: had a chance <laughs> it
2: didn't have a chance brother <laughs> so.
0: well awesome what a blessing to be able to do <gasps> this you know even remotely we uh it's you know it's great because my brother reached out hey what are the chances of doing this remotely, virtually? I'm
2: like, you know what? Everybody else is doing it. Why not us? Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, doesn't is, uh, is it? Doesn't uh, uh, Harrison do it? Um, what's her What's her podcast? Um,
0: yes. Yes. Um, um, ah, from the bar uh, podcast. Yeah. 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 And um,
2: uh, I keep forgetting and their name. Virgil. Virgil. Uh, uh, yes. They. They. They do it remotely. Yes, they do. I guess a number of people do. So, uh, hey, you know, there you go.
0: Yeah. So, hey, why not? We'll join them too, right?
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hey, I have a new term for the uh, D state swamp. You ready for the new term?
0: All right. Hit it. Hit me with it.
2: So, we are the deplorables, right? Yes. So, I figured I'd stay with D. Okay. And go with the despicables. Hey, the
0: Despicables. I like that well, one.
2: <laughs> so members of the Deep State Swamp are now the Despicables.
0: Oh, man. You
2: like uh, that? And, and I
0: love that one. <laughs> 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 the Despicables. Is that we'll be known as the Despicables for now on.
2: No, we're the deplorables. They're the Despicables.
0: Oh, the, sorry. Yeah, I meant the other way. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah so don't get the two dis- I don't know why I was years. trying to
0: adopt it. you know adopt that one <laughs> yeah.
2: the deplorables are going uh, it end up about four million on Wednesday in Washington in support of trump, uh-huh, and the despicables are going to be trying to fight against trump,
0: yep, yep,
2: so you have the deplorables you have the despicables. There are two categories in the country now: the uh, deplorables and the, and the
0: despicables I like that
2: yep good, with.
1: Uh... <laughs> That's pretty Go good. To,
2: going in theme with my lettering of, of of letters, like last week it was F. Uh-huh. Do you remember what it was, brother?
0: Yes. Uh the four F's to make a better world. Yes. That is family, fellowship, uh fulfillment. And need one more. And finances. Yeah, and uh-huh. I say, but he gave, money, money, money. he gave me the
2: cue. He gave me the cue. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. So, and the order, that correct order actually is family finances, fellowship fulfillment.
0: Ah, good one. Praise so, the Lord.
2: But good now stopping, today, so I guess next week I got to come up with something with the letter C. So I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure
0: something will trickle down that brain of yours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, brother. So, um, uh, so big, big fireworks on January the 6th, Wednesday. And I hope I hope that downstairs is not coming through too much. But uh, so we'll wait and we'll comment on that um, next week after the fireworks are done. Yeah. Give our analysis of it. All right. So this week I need to get, get to it because uh, we're on limited time because I'm expecting a phone call at noon. So we're going to talk about How social justice Mm. distorts the interpretation of scripture. Okay, and uh, can you imagine how that works, brother?
1: Can I imagine? Take a wild
2: guess.
1: Oh
0: yeah! Oh yeah! It's uh, they 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 uh, they try to infiltrate God's justice. With some sort of social issue and make it a biblical justice.
2: Yeah, they're trying to equate uh, social justice as being not only compatible, but the same as God's wow. justice. Uh, and that the Bible and social justice doctrine and the new social justice religion are uh-huh. saying they are one in the same or they're compatible. Um, and my contention is that they are oil and water. They don't mix. Mm. Matter of fact, they contrast each other. It's like trying to take two um positive charges and then slam them together, you get you get spark right? You get a yeah. you get a uh, you know, you get you get a violent reaction. It's like uh it's like every kid that experiences that one mm-hmm. accident in chemistry class, right? Yeah. <laughs> makes the wrong chemical boom well boom it goes up with social justice and orthodox historic christianity so i'm going to begin with the foundational doctrines and principles of orthodox historic christianity okay and that is the principle of of scripture or the authority of scripture Mm. and i'm going to focus on really three things number one is inspiration that scripture is given by inspiration of god we get that out of second timothy and i always begin with second timothy chapter 3 verse 15 and you can jump in with comments along the way brothers as, as okay. we go along it says and this is out of the king james version it says and that from a child Thou hast known the holy scriptures, and this is Paul talking to Timothy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Paul's talking to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy that you knew the scriptures from a child, Timothy, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through right. faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, before I go to verse 16, which is the verse that everybody really knows. <clears throat> The scriptures, and it says from a child you have known thou hast known the holy scriptures. Uh-huh. So whatever Timothy was being taught as a child, and in a different passage, it says, Well, he's his grandmother taught him the scriptures. That's right. It was number one, not the originals. Mm, okay. I said I seriously doubt they had the original Hebrew. You know, scriptures that were originally written down by the original writers like Isaiah and Job and Moses and, you know, the other writers of the 39 books of the Old Testament. Okay. Those originals were long gone. He was reading copies of the original. That's very Ah, important. Yeah. And so in this case. The Apostle Paul is not calling the original scripture a or holy scripture. He's calling copies of the originals holy scripture. That's very important. Mm,
1: that's
0: huge.
2: Number yeah. two, number two, it is very likely that Timothy was not being taught those scriptures in Hebrew. Ah, he was Gentile. Oh, and, that's right. His grandmother, I think, was like Greek, right? Most likely, he was learning the scriptures from the Greek Septuagint uh, translation of the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, It was a translation in Greek. Yet the Apostle Paul calls it Holy Scripture. Mm. Now, this goes contrary to most of what um, the... Critical text scholars are saying today they, they they say you that can't be considered scripture, but the apostle Paul considered it scripture because he told Timothy that all scriptures get oh uh, no, I'm sorry that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. the thing is from a historical context, we know that these were not the originals and they may not have been Hebrew, they may have been Greek copies of the hebrew scriptures which would Uh be the the greek septuagint and so so that is called holy scripture so think about that folks i know nobody has most most of the pastors around america have not said anything like that from the pulpit and this might be a shock to a lot of people's system to think that oh this is actually scripture but it is actually scripture. What we have in our hands today is scripture. It's holy scripture. It doesn't have to be the originals to be the perfect word of God. Right. And that's something we need that's important because if that's if it was only the originals, then we would not have the word of God today.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So that's principle. So principle one's coming up in the next verse. All scripture, whether it be a copy of the originals or the originals Mm -hmm. or a translation of the originals or translation of the copies of the originals. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So God inspired the original writers of scripture, right? Yes. He provided that through um, divine revelation they pin the very words of God onto the pages, and we, and we have the Bible that is given by inspiration of God. So, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. It teaches us doctrine. For reproof, it reproves our sin. For correction, it corrects us from sin. And for instruction in righteousness, it teaches us how to be righteous. So, God said, be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? Well, we learn the instruction of righteousness through Scripture, Come on. verse seventeen: that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. He may be mature in Christ, which is what that means. Mm-hmm. So that he might be thoroughly furnished to be to do good works that are glorifying to God, and mm-hmm. uh, this is not good works. Like the Boy Scout helping the little lady across the street. Mm. Of course, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned Boy Scouts. Now I'm I'm now I'm in trouble. <laughs> you can just not get out of trouble, bro. <laughs> I just I just I think I'm gonna be canceled by the cancel culture now because I mentioned the Boy Scouts. I was a Boy Scout at one time, by the way. I made When I they made were Spartans. real Boy Scouts, right? <laughs> yeah, I was my brother made eagle, I made stars. So, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, no, this is good works that are Holy Spirit driven.
1: Yes. This is mm-hmm.
2: good works as outlined in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, that kind of good works. Yeah. yeah. This is not just human good works that uh, abound to nothing. Yeah. Because all of our good works are filthy rags in the sight of God, mm. these are good works that are driven by the Holy Spirit, that are that are acceptable to God, and so. So the first principle is the inspiration of Scriptures to establish mm. that.
0: Now let me ask a quick question before we move forward into the minutia of uh, um, our podcast. Uh, now, what do you say to the skepticism regarding? Uh, the copy of a copy of a copy translations, because, you know, skeptics are, whew, they're, they're hardcore when it comes to that. They're, they're always questioning how legit it is when you have a copy of a copy of a copy. How do you know it's a true translation? You know, how do you really believe that it was inspired because it was a copy of a copy of a copy? I mean, you explain it well, as far as any structure from Paul goes to Timothy, but uh, as far as our world goes and us, you know, not proving because the Bible proves itself. We don't need it in us, or you know, the Bible doesn't need any of us to, or, you know to to bring it to to prove. But to the skepticism
2: more than anything. That's going to be the third principle: providential preservation. We're not there yet. <laughs>
0: oh, I'll, I'll shut up and uh, you can continue going then.
2: So <laughs> well, that actually that was a actually an excellent question. That was a very good question. We're going to get to that. All right. The second principle is the inerrancy of Scripture. Mm. That the scripture is without error. Obviously, if it's given by inspiration of God and God is perfect and his word is going to be perfect. That's right. And so it's not that the scriptures don't record errors that men have made in its historical uh, record. Right. Right. I mean, there are a lot of lies in Scripture that were spoken by men who were lying in Scripture. Right. Right. And Scripture merely records those lies. Right. There's a lot of error in Scripture that's that men commit in Scripture that Scripture simply records. But the record that Scripture is giving us of those things is perfect. It's inerrant. It's without error. So the history that it gives, the doctrine it gives, the instruction it gives, it's without error. All right, so that's two. Number three is one you're asking about, and that's providential preservation. And that is the concept that God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, preserved the scriptures according to his will Mm. from the time of the original writings all the way up to the time that we have it in our lap today to read it, even in the English language. Mm. So I wholeheartedly uh, disagree with the scholars on this, certain scholars, because they believe in what's called the critical text theory. Mm -hmm. And that comes out of Westcott and Hort theory, that comes out of Nestle Island theory, that comes out of uh, a theory that was not accepted, by the way, by the reformers during the Reformation. Ah, interesting. The, the reformers believed in providential preservation of Scripture, and they and even though uh, Luther and Erasmus had their debates over theology, Luther accepted Erasmus's text that he created, the, that, no, that he compiled, he didn't create it, he compiled it from what's called the Byzantine text or the majority text into what's called the Texas receptus or what's called the received text, and he compiled that. And Erasmus was a pure genius when it came to text. He was the best in the world at that time mm-hmm. when it came to understanding the Greek text of Scripture. And so he compiled that together. He he determined what was majority text, which was without error, and what was minority text, which was with error. Okay, so there are variants in Scripture, there are errors, but he he was able to distinguish between the two, put together text receptus. Luther accepted Erasmus's text as being the word of the very word of God, that God has preserved through, through His providence. And used it for his German translation. And so the reformers believed in providential preservation of scripture. We have lost that today. Now, there are still people who believe it. There there are reformed Baptists today who are big on providential preservation. They're independent Baptists have always been real big on it. Um, And but. All the denominations in the 1500s, 1600s were very big on it. And during the Reformation, they were very big on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what happened? Well, along came modern critical scholarship. This came out of German rationalism. And German rationalism began to affect uh, our view of the text and our view of Scripture and along came in the 1800s, uh, Westcott and Hort, who brought German rationalism into the view of the text, and it began to, to take a more human approach to it. And so this is where, um, is out of Westcott and Hort theory and so forth, where you get the idea. That well, you know, copying the text over and over and over again, you're going to have mistakes. And they always played a telephone game to, to make this point, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's such a, a, I'm sorry, but it's a stupid illustration. It, it's, it's the wrong thing to use because in a telephone game, no, nothing's being written down, right? And nothing's being recorded meticulously. Right? right. And checked and double checked and triple checked, like the Masoretic text of the old Hebrew text. Remember, the old Hebrew text, the scholars, the Hebrew scholars were very, very meticulous in how they copied that text.
0: Right.
2: And so that's why when we compare <clears throat> the most, up, the most um, recent Hebrew text with the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is more ancient, there's no variation between them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They are the same text. Why? Because or any or even the the uh, uh Dead Sea Scroll text with even more ancient Hebrew text, it's the same. Why? Because they were so meticulous in getting it right. Yeah. So that argument really fails at its core. Yeah, and even definitely. with the, and even with the new New Testament text, it fails. Because we know that the Holy Spirit guided the scriptures. Amen. And I take this to Psalm 12. Let's go to Psalm 12. Now, if (laughs) if you have a modern English Bible, it's going to be messed up. (laughs) If you have Geneva, if you have Wycliffe, Tyndale, King James, uh, it'll read the way I'm going to read it. If you have NIV, ASV, something along that lines, it's not going to read this way. So I'll read it to you out of the King James. Um, It says out of verse six, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. That speaks to the inspiration and the perfection of scripture, right? Mm, Right. So what is scripture? Here's the providential preservation. Verse seven, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Now, what is the them? It's a Mm. reference to the words of the Lord. (laughs) Now, how does Mm -hmm. yours read, brother? What version you got?
0: I opened up the NASB 1995. Uh, Verse verse 7 says, you, O Lord, will keep them. You will preserve him from this generation forever.
2: Okay, when I looked at the NIV, uh-huh. it said, "You you you will you will preserve the poor," uh-huh. saying that it's it's a reference to the people he's talking about in verses one through five. Yeah, and not the Word of God. They changed it, brother. Uh-huh. that's Westcott and Hort textual scholarship right there.
0: And look at the ESV. Verse 7 says, you, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. Us. Us. Right. And it's not the them people. as far as
1: Scripture.
2: Now, <laughs> why do you suppose modern textual scholars had to do that?
0: That's a very good question.
2: They, because if you take it the way the text, Receptus has it. Okay. It, it condemns their scholarship.
1: Ah,
2: oh. Erasmus's text condemns modern textual criti- criticism.
0: I see. Okay.
2: It, it says that there's a providential preservation. They had to take the providential preservation out, and they did it through texts known as the Vaticanus, the Sinaiticus, Alexandrius, uh, Alf. Uh, there's like five particular text in the minority text that they used.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Now this gets really complicated and I don't have enough time to completely go all the way through all of this okay when it comes to textual critical critical arguments. Uh but suffice it to say that I've studied this for over 30 years mm-hmm. and I am convinced that God gave his word by inspiration gave us word, word uh, inerrant and gave us word by providential preservation mm-hmm, yeah. so that we can have it today and it is accurate, it is true, and we can read it and trust it and believe it. Now, I am not a fan, just, it, folks, you can, you can do your own research on this, take it with a grain of salt, whatever. I am not a fan of the Allen text and I am not a fan of the Westcott and Hort text. Mm, okay. Nassau Island Text has, I think, 28 different editions now. It's either 26 or 28. I think it's 28. Uh, It keeps changing because they keep coming out with a new edition like every year. Why? Because they keep keep refining it or they keep changing it uh, because they keep finding new manuscripts or whatever. And the manuscripts are along the minority manuscript lines if it's a majority text it's going to agree with the text as accepted it's going to agree with Rasmus's text then mm. they're trying they don't <clears throat> for some reason they don't like Rasmus's text i love Rasmus's text but here's the thing okay god preserved his word i'm convinced of it all right now i'm going to give uh, some references if people want to do some more study on this this view of it. Uh, Believing Bible Study by Edward F. Hills, uh, The Preservation of Scripture and the Logic of Faith. Here's one, uh, Neither Oldest Nor Best, How the Foundational Manuscripts of Modern Bible Translations Are Unreliable by David H. Sorensen. He's got a BA, an MDiv, and a Doctorate of Ministry. Uh, and he's an expert on textual criticism. Uh, mm. Dr. Yeah, Thomas sorry, good. Dr. Thomas Holland, Crown with Glory: The Bible from Ancient Text to Authorized Version." That's a very good book. "Which Bible?" by David Otis Spuler. That's a really good book. Doctorate of Divinity, and uh, one of my favorites by Edward F. Hills, who was brilliant when it comes to came to textual criticism. <clears throat> the King James Bible defended. Uh, And uh, it's an old book, but it it gives you a real good foundation on textual criticism, how it works, and his argument for providential preservation. So there's some materials that people can look at if they want to study this out. I also have Nessa Allen's books. I have uh, the the text of the New Testament by Nessa Allen. I, I read the other materials on the other side as well. I mean, I've looked at both sides of this issue, so people don't know that Bibles come from different types of manuscripts, and those manuscripts don't agree with each other, right? And so the reason uh, the ESV, NIV, ASV are different from the King James, for example, in Psalm twelve, uh, or or for example, they'll dispute the la- the in the, the last twelve verses of Mark. Or it'll take out certain verses. Um, one of the more famous ones is in Second uh, uh, John or First John. Was it First John five? First uh, John five seven is removed from uh, modern English versions. It's because there's that variation between the nestle Island text and the Texas Receptus. The Texas Receptus keeps those verses in. nestle Island text takes them out. And it's the modern scholarship that removed those verses. That's right. And so we have to be very careful when we're reading our Bible. And, you know, scholars tamper with the word and you want to be careful that you go with what the Holy Spirit preserved, not with what the scholars are arguing for. And here's what they're saying, brother. They're uh-huh. saying that God lost the text. And the scholars are now doing the research to get it back as close to the original as they can get it, so that they can recover the text.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
2: And here's and, and the providential preservation say no, God never lost the text; He kept it through the, the Byzantine, Byzantine tradition, through mm-hmm. the majority text. It kept, it was true all the way through history, and when Erasmus compiled it together into the Textus Receptus. It was still the pure text. Mm. God had never lost it. Plus, Rasmus had Rasmus uh, had access to manuscripts that we don't have access to today. Right. Those manuscripts that he used, many of them are gone. I mean, they don't they don't last. The parchment doesn't last. And they had no good way of preserving the parchment back then. Mm. So what he gave us in the text of the Baptist, I believe. Is, uh, is a connection all the way back to the original writings of the apostles. Good stuff. So that's like my it. argument. Now, people can believe my argument, don't believe it. It's up to you. But here, i got to get to the social justice uh, side of it. All right. We'll this. So well, this will be a shorter podcast. Now, here's what happens. The social justice theologians take the critical uh, text theory concept and mm. they use it to their advantage. Okay. And here's what they do you know how uh, judges are split into two different types of judges? There are the originalists who actually believe uh, in interpreting the Constitution according to the intent the of the original authors. That's right. And then there are the activist judges that say, no, the Constitution is a living document and the Constitution uh can be you know tweaked and kind of moved about a little bit here and there to fit mm-hmm. within our modern cultural context, right? right They'll say you know the constitution you know it was written by those evil white men back then, and so we have to we have to tweak it and change it to make it better, and so it's a living cons- constitution which means it can be maneuvered and tweaked and changed by the courts right so that's the two type of verse uh, of of uh, of um, judges and that's you know that's a big debate every time the judge goes up for the supreme court that's a big argument debate that goes on well the art same type of argument goes on over scripture among the scholars do we interpret the bible according to the original intent of the author mm-hmm. in determining that by exegete, which is looking at it in a, from its historical and grammatical context, or there we go, the social justice uh, theologian uh, method, right. which says, no, that is a white man's way of interpreting the bible we don't accept white man's way of interpreting the bible by the way that's false that was the way that the apostle paul told timothy to interpret it Right. (laughs) it's a jewish way of interpreting it uh but they'll say we know that you have to interpret the bible according to modern cultural context right And that's how they interpret the Bible. So they make the Bible, they'll tweak the Bible, and they'll use the modern scholarship of the modern textual scholarship to tweak the Bible to make it conform more and more to social justice religious doctrine. That's right. And that's why someone with an ESV, that is 10 years old that is reading out of that ESV and the pastor who's reading out of of an ESV that's two years old, they don't read the same. Because one is based on Nessel Island 25 and the other one is based on Nessel Island, uh, say, 27.
1: Mm.
2: And there are changes in the text. Right. Even in the ESV, they don't match up.
0: Good stuff. <laughs> that,
2: that is that is the confusion and the distortion of modern critical text theory.
0: Now, how dangerous is that in the church, brother?
2: Extremely dangerous, because that is the door that the social justice religion is using to enter into the church. They can tweak the Bible to make it say things that it doesn't actually in reality say, but they can make it sound like the Bible says this, and they can even create translations to support that ideology, and they can bring that into the church. And people pick up their Bible and they read it, and it supports what the social justice advocates are saying, because social justice advocates are set on translation committees, and they have— had an influence on the scripture mm. and so they're able to tweak that and they're able to and then they're able to take what they've written in the you know their their new version and uh and i say it's based on the most you know the latest scholarship right whatever right. you know i mean where's the holy spirit in this whole process right <clears throat> yes and so Uh, And so they can bring social justice doctrine into the church and bring that heretical concept into the church. And they can begin to teach intersectionality through the scriptures. And intersectionality is the concept of the oppressor and the oppressed. And it's based upon race or Mm -hmm. racial cultural ideas. It's the, the whole purpose is to tear down western uh judeo christian principles and concepts mm. and to replace it with what's called blackness so yes. whiteness is bad whiteness is evil uh and whiteness isn't just a skin color it's a it's an attitude it's a mental thought process right and they say that uh you know anytime there is uh uh, 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 someone who raises rises to the to the point of being the oppressor then they are white or the whiteness so that right. uh, so that the communist chinese party for example that china is now whiteness because mm. they're becoming a superpower that's right do you, do you wonder why asian culture is not included as a uh a, an oppressed culture and intersectionality, it's because China and Japan are powerful nations. Yeah. And South Korea is getting pretty strong too. So, I mean, you know, so you have these Asian nations are powerful, especially China, who's really, really grown. And that is evil. It's bad, bad, bad to be powerful. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in, in social justice doctrine. Yeah. And, and this is a religious doctrine. Right, but it's a right. false religion. Now, yeah. uh, now that doesn't that doesn't coincide with true scripture, but what has happened over the time, we have changed the Bible over time. Uh-huh. Now let me go to first John 5 7. Why is first John That's 5 cool. 7 so important? I'll show you why. And so social justice doctrine is bad it 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 changes scripture it changes and it's changing the foundational principles of christianity in a lot of churches and that's a problem mm-hmm. they're changing the gospel saying the gospel is not uh just a death row resurrection of christ and people believing on christ for for eternal life they're saying the gospel is also uh you know um uh, Opposition to all the right things, you know. Opposition to whiteness. Opposition to power. Opposition to power structures that are oppressive. You know, no, none of that's not the gospel. That might deal with sanctification. It might deal with uh, how government should function, as a principal doctrine in the scriptures. But it has nothing to do with salvation. Right. You don't have to do all that to be saved. You know, this is stupid. All right, we'll begin with verse uh, verse 6. So this is First John 5, verse 6, and we'll end up on this. This, uh, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. So that's the, he's the word of God. And he gave his blood on the cross. Water represents the word of God. Give a quick
0: explanation, brother. Sorry to cut you up because a lot of people think that water, the word water, means water baptism. Talk about, you know, reading into the text. What is that? What is that? Explain that part right there.
2: It's a clear reference to the word of God. Amen. Uh, And I know that because Ephesians 5, where it calls the word of God, it says the word of God is a washing uh, it's a washing of, as of water. Let me go to Ephesians. I'm going to get a, a phone call. It's going to interrupt us, brother. We're over time, but it's okay. Uh, Ephesians 5 says it this way. This is one of many passages that reference uh, the word as being water. Uh, that, he, that he might sanctify her, the church, with the washing of the water of water by the word. So the word is called a washing of water. So the word washes, cleanses like water. Okay. And so when he talks about water and blood, he's talking about, he's the in, word of God incarnate. That's the water. Amen. And the blood is he's blood, he's flesh and blood. So this is, a, this is a reference to his Godhead, to him being God and man at the same time. It's a reference to his incarnation.
0: Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you, brother.
2: And it is the, and it says, and it is the Spirit that bears witness, because the Spirit is true. Verse 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That is a clear passage declaring the Trinity. That's removed from the Nessah Allen text. It's removed from Westcott and Hort text. Mm, Interesting. Um, and then verse eight, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit and the water. That's the word of God incarnate and the blood that's God in the flesh. And these three agree in one.
1: Mm.
2: So the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ agree in one on earth. Well, who are the two members of the Trinity that were on earth? Well, Jesus Christ in the flesh Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit dwelling in us today. That's right. The Father, the Father remains in heaven.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? That's right.
2: But when it comes to those who bear record in heaven, all three of them bear record in heaven, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Son and the Holy Spirit are the ones that testify on earth. That's what this passage is talking about. if you take away verse seven, you're destroying the, the entire meaning of the passage mm. that's the and that's what modern critical textual theory does. It destroys the meaning of the passage and it and it tampers with the Word of God and takes away verses that are supposed to be there. Let me ask you folks real quick if a- if modern textual scholars Came out tomorrow. And they said, we have Nestle Island text number 29. We've come up with it. And the most modern, newest scholarship, we have determined that John 3.16 is not in the original manuscript. It's not in the, in the oldest and best manuscripts. Therefore, it's not, we're going to put a footnote in the new bible and say you know this verse john 3 16 is not in the oldest and best manuscripts and we'll, we'll put it in the italics over to the side would you be willing to accept that scholarship mm. well basically that's what they've done with john first john 5 7 and probably about 500 other verses in the new testament wow what liberty now, they've taken! <laughs> yeah, and this is why, after all these years of study, I have come solidly down on pro- pro- providential preservation of scriptures, and I, and that's why I don't accept the whole social justice um, using critical, uh, you know, text theory to tamper with the word of God and shove their false evil religion into the church through false readings of Scripture. And so they use the modern cultural context to interpret Scripture because, you know, the Orthodox historic Christian method is evil, it's bad, because it's whiteness, right? So they go with blackness, which is the new way of interpreting Scripture. And this is, so there's a great divide Mm-hmm. Between historic Orthodox Christianity and the modern new social justice Christianity, and they don't mix. And there's there's a great clash that will continue to occur between them.
0: Mm. Good stuff, my brother. Appreciate those thoughts. You gave us a good, good historical um <clears throat> Uh, showing as far as you know the different texts and how the interpretation came about uh, what a blessing now we'll end this like this because that was okay. a lot to digest and we'll let our listeners kind of digest that and uh, you know think about it and then we'll do a future podcast and now to get into what you just said at the end there the the uh, you know the two sides and how are they fighting you know against each other you know yeah
2: uh, we'll talk know. more about it yeah good Definitely. stuff my brother yeah. Well, thank this you. This is kind of an introductory.
0: Yes. I love it. We'll continue doing this. And, uh, folks, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, brother, thank you for blessing us. Uh, we'll continue welcome. to pray for you that you get better. I know you got to run because you you. you're waiting on a call. So we'll let you go. Other than
2: that, close us out. Happy New Year, everybody. And remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. And we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast.
0: Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives, that uh, they uh, put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God, and uh, in return, they help us as well, and they keep us accountable blessing to have them in our lives so we want to especially thank them i also want to just thank uh, our church uh friends and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to uh, be encouraged about Uh, i want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us and uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life other than that i hope you continue to enjoy the vortex apologetic podcast that we will talk to you soon more episodes to come your way other than that i'm out We're out. God bless you.